Welcome to another episode of the Paragon Podcast. I'm your host, CO, and on today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with my, what I consider now a, a great friend in Terrence Plummer II. He is a sports performance coach down in Jacksonville, Florida, where we both grew up, and he's also a professional football player. Uh, so we talked today about kind of just growing up in Florida, playing playing sports and you know, just playing high school football in the same county. Our, our high schools played against each other, uh, and they still do to this day every year. I think they're part of the same district. But um, we also talk about how Terrence, you know, his hard work paid off and what ultimately led him to the opportunity of playing collegiate and ultimately professional football. But I think you guys will really enjoy today's episode, all mainly in my opinion, just because Terrence is one of the most genuine, down-to-earth, just decent human beings I've had the pleasure of meeting and getting to knowing over the last couple of, of years. And he he provides a lot of great insight and perspective, especially for those that are younger athletes or if you have children that are younger athletes that are looking to excel in their sport. And it's really cool to kind of learn how he ultimately landed up, you know, doing sports performance coaching down in Florida and just his passion for that, especially with working with younger athletes. I really enjoyed speaking with Terrence today, arguably one of my favorite episodes to do up to this point. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Follow us on Instagram, Paragon, at Paragon underscore physios, and enjoy the episode. Yo, what's good? See, yo, what's good? My- <laughs> Not much, man. I'm, I'm glad we're able to, to do this. This is, this is going to be an exciting episode. Well, uh, <clears throat> just for, for those that aren't familiar because I feel like only the the folks in our our friend group back in Florida probably know who you are but uh can you just give a, a brief little intro yeah for sure man CEO can you hear me yes sir okay just making sure um yeah man so a uh, brief intro uh what's up world my name is Terrence Plummer the second um, you know, I was born in West Palm Beach, Florida, and I moved to Jacksonville, Florida at three years old. Um, I play, I play, um, I play professional football in the National Football League and the CFL and the XFL. <laughs> been all, been all over, you know, chasing my dream. Um, I went to the University of Central Florida where I studied in um, sports exercise science. Um, just graduated from there. You know, I, I went on my football journey and uh, came back to school, made sure I got my, got my paperwork. You know what I mean? Had to get that, you know, had to get that degree. <laughs> Yes, sir. You know what I mean, and uh, got like a uh, you know, and it's and it's and it's a good thing that I went back because it's uh, paying dividends and roles now. You know, uh, with uh, with what I'm doing now because now I'm training kids and I'm I'm currently still chasing football. Yeah, you know, um, I got I got some opportunities coming up soon, so I've been training, getting myself ready. But in the meantime, you know, I've been training kids, man, trying to make them bigger, faster, stronger, and help with their skill development in the football game. Awesome. And, uh, you know, that's a little brief, you know, introduction to me, man. That's awesome. I, I didn't know that you just graduated um, with exercise science. Congrats, man. We must have, 
Uh, we must have just briefly skimmed over that when I was in town a couple weeks ago. But that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Absolutely. you, man. Absolutely. So you went because I, I want to get to the coaching part, but I I want to get to kind of high school football because we went to uh, high schools not far from each other. You went to Orange Park. I went to Fleming Island. I'm not sure if you can call it a rivalry because we never beat y'all when I was there. But I can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, hilarious, bro. What, what years were you there? So I went to Orange Park from twenty from two thousand eight into twenty eleven. Oh, okay. So I just missed you then because I graduated oh seven. So I played against. I think Joel Fletcher was there because he was our quarterback um, when I was a junior at Fleming Island, and then. I can't remember who all that Orange Park team was actually stacked that year. I can't yeah, remember. Oh, so I know I know them cats. So let me let me tell you who they are. It's Marcus Pulliam. Yep. You got Marky P. Yeah. Then you had B5, Brian Sumlar. Yeah. Yep. Then you had uh Big TP, because I'm little TP to them. Um <laughs> Terrence Pollock. Uh yeah, y'all had a stacked team. Yeah, they had a good team. Ricky Wright. You know, I know all those guys, yep. man. Them them my OGs, them, them boys really uh they really inspired me. To, in high school football. But, you know, Fleming Island, y'all, we a rivalry, man. See, when you left, y'all might not have beaten us, but when you left, that's when they started beating us. Oh, yeah, um, they're they're a powerhouse now. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, man. They ain't playing no games right now. Them boys are really good. Them boys are really good. <laughs> they just put it on uh, uh, Clay High School, I think, not last week, but the week before. It was like 30-something to zero at halftime. Oh like, yeah, they had to, they had to call the dogs in, man. <laughs> <laughs> they had to call the dogs in, man. They, 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 they let they let some of the younger kids get some burn. They got, you know, that's a credit to Fleming Island because, you know, like you said, you know, you got to, you know, people don't realize, you know, when the school's first built, like Fleming Island was trying to compete, new kids, everything like that. You know, it's tough those first years, but the coaching oh, yeah. staff over there put it together, and now they got some beasts out there, man. They Absolutely. got some beasts. And ja- Jacksonville is a very competitive city with regards to high school football, and like. I tell a lot of people, I was a freshman the first year Fleming Island opened, and we played against Tebow for three years because he graduated. <laughs> year. And I, I think they outscored us like 100 to zero in the first two seasons that we played against them. I think Clay High also outscored us like 100 to zero. I mean, we were, I mean, we were bad, but I mean, <laughs> high school football in that area and in, in that part of Jacksonville was so good because i mean when i was a freshman at fleming i think at clay high nolan carroll had just graduated uh maybe the year or two before cliff averill had just graduated and then now you got like tebow um um jacques rickerson who i think played at st augustine he ended up playing court yep. in florida yep he was a beast uh, yeah he was a beast um they so- also had at st augustine they also had uh the other guy who went to Florida who was doing all the punt returns, Brandon Jen- It was it Brandon Jenkins? Oh, yeah, yeah, Brandon Jenkins. Brandon Jenkins. Yeah. Man, oh, man. Uh, so did you grow up just playing football? And did you, like, did you play any sports? And if you did grow up playing football, what got you into it? And what ultimately led to you playing on the defensive side of the ball? Okay, so I'm going to go through it. So I didn't start playing football until I was 12 years old. I was what they considered – a heavy kid for my age. So mm-hmm. whenever, it, whenever it came for Pop Warner, they'd be like, man, this kid's going to have to play either two divisions up or he's going to have to lose 
25 pounds. My Ooh. mom was like, I'm not going to make him lose 25 pounds at this young age. <laughs> at this age, man. But I, my first love was baseball. Mm-hmm. So um, my mom brought me in, you know, uh, growing up with just my mom. You know, she didn't really know about football, but she knew, you know, T-ball. Everybody knows, they put your baby in T-ball. Yeah. So uh, she puts me in T-ball. And uh, no lie, no lie, Chris. In, in, in T-ball, I was hitting home runs. Like, when my coach would pitch me the ball, I could hit it over the fence. Okay, I was and, about uh, to ask. I was like, was it with or without the T? <laughs> yeah, I was hitting. Hey, Chris, I, I think in my T-ball career, I hit with the T maybe one time. Damn. Maybe one time in, okay. my, in, my, in, my, in my T-ball career. Um, I was I was really gifted. Like my uncle thought I was gonna go to the major leagues in baseball. And uh, you know, I played baseball all the way up until my freshman year of high school. Um, but you know, during when I was in my when I was in the sixth grade, I won a U Triple SA World Series um with this travel team that I was with in Jacksonville. Um, I actually got offensive uh player of the uh tournament, ended up hitting like five home runs during the tournament. Oh, wow. Drove in, drove in 10 RBIs. Also, I had a walk-off. Uh, in the semi in the semifinals versus a really good team from Savannah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was DHing. Uh, we ended up having uh, two runners on bat. We were down three, and uh, the, the pitcher thought he could sneak a little curveball past me. I sat on it, and took it, took it, took a yard, <laughs> man. That was one. Of the, that was like that was like one of the moments where I'm like, hey, the sports thing. I might I might be able to do this yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's awesome. so. What what position did you play? In baseball, I played everything. I was a catcher. Oh. I pitched. Um, I played some uh left, right field. Mm-hmm. Um, I played third base. I played first base. Never played uh shortstop in uh in uh second base. You know, cause I I was a bigger kid. You know, yeah. I had I was a bigger kid, but I was athletic though. I was just mm-hmm. like, you know, how you see a kid who's like, yeah, a little bit chunky, but the kids got, oh, this this kid's got a little juice to him. That oh, was yeah. me. So I played all over in baseball, and uh, you know, I ended up. You know, uh, being a great DH in my um in my in my little time playing baseball, but that came to an end when I got to high school. So how did how did the transition from baseball to football occur? Did you just get to high school or like, you know, just maybe lost interest in baseball and figured you'll try a different sport, or did your time from Pop Warner at the age of twelve, like and on, like you just started developing? you know, I, I love and passion for football more than baseball. Like, how did that happen? Yeah, you you, you explained it exactly right. So, over the course of time, right, like, once I started playing football and then I had my first – I had my first big play in football, just, like, kind of like baseball. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, my first my first year playing, um, I'm, I'm actually playing linebacker. So, you know, I've always played linebacker. Mm-hmm. And – um. You know, one of my teammates had a great hit and and uh on the sideline. It was about forty five yards out. Mm. Um, and he knocked out the guy, and uh, the ball was on the ground, man. And I scooped it up and scored. And, and everybody's making fun of me on the sideline, like saying, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! If we had to wait, we had to wait another five minutes for you to score that touchdown. <laughs> but, I, but I felt like I was rolling, man. And I scored that touchdown and. I went through my first year and then like I, you know, I wasn't the best at football. I'm not gonna say like, you know, yeah, when I was younger, like I was just like head over heels over everybody. No, I had to really work at it. Yeah. And like baseball was like just a little bit more natural. So like, you know, you know what they say, like when something just comes easy to you, you just kind of like, you know, it's like, mm, I like football. This makes me grind, work hard, and and plus like nobody respected me on the football. 
they did on the baseball diamond. And I was always about respect. And I think that's what led me playing basketball too. All my best friends from childhood, they played basketball. So during during high school, I played football, basketball, and I did weightlifting. So like those were the sports I did during high school. I did my football and weightlifting to get course up with my football. And I played basketball because I feel like that cross training of that lateral agility and movement and jumping and cutting that basketball yeah. requires, it really helped football too, you know? So it was like everything I was doing was kind of like, how can this help me be a little bit better at football and me be active and have a good time? So, Absolutely. you know, th- that was kind of my, that was kind of my journey with it. And I really do love basketball. There's nothing like playing basketball. People get to see your face. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you, you know? said that because I, I, I work with a lot of athletes that really only are coming off of like some type of serious injury, like in the physical therapy setting. And the most common ones are, basketball players and baseball players and I think it's so important when you're at that age to play multiple sports because a lot of those skills whether it's basketball baseball football or basketball volleyball softball like a lot of those skill sets transfer uh, transfer over to other sports and you're not constantly doing the same movement over and over and over again which typically leads to overuse injuries um what position did you play in basketball though I played everything, man. I was I'm I'm only about six foot, but I'm I was a bigger guy, but mm-hmm. I had skill, you know what I mean? So like I could go from playing a two guard if we're if we're gonna get some bigger guys, yeah. or if we got a small team, coach would put me down there to the four and five, and I just you know go to work from that short corner on that block. Mm-hmm. And I agree, and I agree with you, Chris. Like, you know, I don't believe in um at young ages trying to make a kid specialize. For one, yeah, um, you know, I feel like there's a burnout factor. You know oh, what I mean? Like you're, you're doing just only that sport all the time and your your friends might be doing other things. And you're like, you know, we're all kind of swayed by our, we're, we're around our friends more than we're around our parents at that young age. Like we're at school eight hours out the day. Then we're at practice for two hours. That's 10 hours. Yeah. Then you get home, you eat with mom and dad, figure out how the day went. And then it's bedtime at 10 o'clock. Like you only spent two hours with mom and dad once you reach that maturity level. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like the people around you are kind of like, you know, uh, you know, not you know, I, I hope people aren't heavily influenced as athletes to do the wrong thing. But if they're doing positive things, people are definitely going to be like drawn and attracted to that. You know what I mean? And, Absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, as a kid, like and like you were saying, the transition, like, um, like basketball, like I play linebacker, so everything I do is from me trying to keep my shoulders square and work laterally, and then have bursts of 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 of, of uh, sprints mm-hmm. to go make my plays. And isn't isn't that not basketball? I try to square yeah. myself off to the basket, make a move, and burst to the cup, and try to you know yeah. finish. And uh, you know that's one way that you know. And then defending in basketball, I got to stay in front of a guy. Is that not man to man coverage in football? Yep. So you know, like all those things translate over. And in a way, baseball helps is hand eye coordination. Mm-hmm. I know how to catch a ball. I know how to like you know um, when the ball's coming. I know how to put the bat on the ball. You know, and that ball's coming, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, that's not, that's not like, we play, like, as much as we love to give Florida love for football, baseball is just as relevant in this state. Oh, when yeah. When it comes to, like, how many athletes we put out on the regular, just because you can play baseball here all year long. So, oh, yeah. I'll know, those are, Florida, the state of Florida until the day I die when it comes to football and baseball. I, I don't care if it's, if I'm talking sports with someone from Texas or California, like, I will always... I will die on the sword saying that we have the best football players 
and the best baseball players in the country. I don't hey, care. Hey, hey, that right, that's right, that's right. You gotta talk, you gotta talk your stuff, Chris. Yes, that's sir. The that's the truth. That's nothing but the truth. Yes, sir. So what 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 part of your high school career did you realize like football could be like a real thing after like the high school level, whether, uh, you know, from college and even into professional sports, like, was there a defining moment for you where you're like, Oh man, like I could really do something with this. Yeah, man. I'll never forget it. Um, so my, uh, sophomore year of high school, and I'm just going to give you a little history. Mm-hmm. My sophomore year of high school, we went 11 and three. We made it to the, to the regional final. Something we had never done at Orange Park for like, since like 92. And our team was loaded, and I'm on, I, and I'm in tenth grade, and I'm younger than everybody. So like, I, my birthday's in June, so I'm 15 years old playing against nine, 18, 19 year old guys, mm-hmm. you know, grown guys, seniors, and I'm holding my own. I'm not the, I'm not the star player on my team by a long shot. We had Demetri Baker, Matt Garcia, Jacob Hagen. All these guys went on to go to college. Uh, C.J. Stallworth, um, Chris Riley, who's my mm. very close friend, my brother to this day. Um, we had really great, uh, really great players, and all those guys were going off to college. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was like, if they're going to college, and I'm playing with them, and I'm just as productive as they are, you know, as them being 18, 19, and me being 15, that means you know, over the next couple of years, I should be getting some looks to go to college. You know, so like mm-hmm. that was my mindset at that point in time. But at that point in time, I hadn't got no college offers, no scholarships. You know, I hadn't seen anybody showing any interest. You know, this is my 10th grade year, so I'm. Mm-hmm not stressing, take my ACT, end up killing that, take the classes I need to. So I'm already eligible my 10th grade year to like, if somebody was to say, hey, we want to offer you, I could take it. You know what I mean? Because I was already qualified. And that's why I try to tell kids like, bro, just handle the schoolwork. Handle the schoolwork early so you don't have to deal with it your senior and junior year. And it's like, you're down to the wire on whether or not you can go achieve your dream based off of like Florida curriculum, public Florida school curriculum. Yeah, (laughs) You know what I mean? That's the difference between you getting to college and, and or you having to pay for it. Yeah. So, you know, that was the moment. But to be honest with you, the um, I told you about 10th grade because 11th grade, we end up going undefeated my uh, 11th grade year. Mm-hmm. And we have, like, probably the best year in Orange Park history in the regular season, you know. And then in the playoffs, we lose. But that's another story for another day, and I hate <laughs> that game. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, so, Chris, I go through that season – uh, it's November when we stopped playing. So I go straight into basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't get, you know, my, um, my homie Dimitri was going to Georgia and everything like that. So, um, you know, I saw he was getting ready to leave. And at this point in time, I had no offers. Oh, you know man. what I mean? Like, yeah. no, no offers from any schools. And like, literally like I'm ranked in, I'm like, I made the all conference, all County. Um, I made the, uh, Jacksonville, uh, I made Jacksonville's um, all-city team. Mm-hmm. I made the all-state team. So, like, you know, things are buzzing on me on a high school level where I'm like, okay, like, you know, people are, you know, recognizing that I'm a, I'm a aptitude, I'm, I'm, I'm a apt football player, you know, yeah. which I consider with some of the best. So, you know, January, uh, we go through Christmas, everything like that. No lie, Chris, on January 7th, I believe it was, um, my mom, so I'm just sitting in the house. Uh, you know, we don't have gone back to school yet. My mom comes in the house with this, you know, uh, U- like a UPS folder. You know how they come in those packages, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it says, and it says University 
of Connecticut on the top. Mm-hmm. That's my name on it. You know, my address and then my high school and everything like that. My mom gives it to me. She's like, baby, you got another letter. Because I was getting letters. You know, like, you know, people are showing, but then nobody's yeah. offer yet. Yep, yep. You, you know how that is, CO. Like, people see <laughs> not, not, I, I don't know how it is on the University of Connecticut or UCF level. But, I, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know. Yeah, I, I do before. know. <laughs> for sure, bro. For sure. So, um, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, so, I get the letter. Don't know what it is yet, right? So um it says urgent. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. I peel the I'll never forget. I, I pull that, you know, that pull that sticker off the back, open it up, look inside, and it has a big red stamp on it, CO. It says official offer. Oh man, that's cool. And, then, and so yeah, bro. And I'm reading it. And at first, I think it's a damn joke. My mom thinks it's a joke. She's like, wouldn't they call you? What is this about? Why are they doing this? I hate people playing on my baby. Like, yeah. what is this about? Like, she's just like, cause she's never like nobody in my family's ever been D one, made it to that, made it to that level. Like nobody on either side of my family. So like, when I got that, you know, I was just like, this gotta be real. So I call. I mean, I'm hoping it's real. So I'm like, I call my coach. I say, Coach Green. Like, is this a shout out to Danny Green, man? Just made it to the Hall of Fame. I love that guy, but um, I say, Coach, like. Uh, I just got an offer. I think this is an offer from UConn. I just don't know if it's real or not. Yeah. And he's like, does it have an official does it have an official offer stamp on it? I say, yes, sir. He's like, congratulations, son. You just got your first D1 offer. Now get ready for more. And I was just like, oh, and I just, you know, I'm just me and her just like running through the house, like yeah. excited. And, you know, I'm just like just feeling on cloud nine. And then uh after that, right, CO, then the spring comes. And then that's when I knew it, was, it got serious. Because once UConn offered, I picked up five more in like three days. Then when I then as we get closer to spring football, I pick up ten more. So at this point in time now, I got sixteen offers. You know what I mean? Like I'm like I'm like okay, I can do this. Like that was my that was my moment where I was like, bro, like it's here. Yeah. And that really and that and at that point in time, see, that's when it really like that's when my mindset. You know, I was always a grinder, bro. Always a work hard mm-hmm. guy. Always wanted to, you know, um, show my coaches that I cared about the team. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to be like, I'm I just I'm just a dude on the football field. Like, I don't want to be the weak link. Like, I want to be the guy that people look at and like, let me raise my game up. So like after the after I got those offers, like I took it to a whole another level, man. I, I really put that work in. And then my senior year came, picked up six, seven more offers. I ended up with like 23 offers at the time. And I had at the end of my senior year, I had 23 offers of, like, all D1 schools. And I had to, like, you know, go through that process. And, uh, yeah, man, that's when I knew. Like, when I got that first offer, I was like, bro, we can take this as far as we want to. Like, people see that you're a, of the caliber of player that they want to be able to take in and bring it at university for four to five years. And, and after that, bro, I just I just ran with it, bro. It was, it was my dream. That's awesome. Now, I – I only received about three or four offers, but from like division two when I was in high school. And like, for me, my decision was a lot easier to make. I feel like than someone with that many like division one offers, because for me, the really only thing, the only thing I really cared about was where can I go and make an immediate impact? And I most definitely get some other fact. I mean, I know that's an important factor for a lot of players. Like I want to be on the field, like as soon as possible, obviously like earn my spot on the field and not just go there and just be like 
expected to just start. But what was that decision process for you like? Because, I mean, that's got to be, you know, a relatively stressful process because you're probably thinking about, obviously, like things like playing time. I don't know if it's like the NCAA football game where you're, where prospects are like, <laughs> got, like, are the facilities nice? Like, what what is the what is the education and academics look like? Um, what kind of things played into your decision to ultimately end up at UCF? Yeah, man. So I'm I'm kind of like UCO. Like when I when I was deciding, like I was like, I want to be a contributor, man. Yeah. Like that was my that was my goal. Like uh, going into college, it was like you know freshman year. I don't have to be the starter, but I need to be dressed. Like yeah. if somebody goes down, like this is my opportunity. Yep. So I'm gonna run with it, bro. That's that's where my mind was in uh at that time because I was like, you know, I'm I'm thinking like NCO, like I try to tell kids now, like dream big, man. Dream big, like don't go in there with that mindset of trying to play it safe and cool because you don't even know if you're gonna be alive tomorrow or if you're gonna be injured and you don't even and you get the game taken away from you for a significant amount of time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For sure. So like you know, uh, with that, with that going through that process, like, you know, another reason for my decisions of, uh, you know, the school that I wanted, like I wanted to go somewhere and I'm going to be honest with you, CEO, like I, I knew what I wanted to do when I went to college, like kind of like, you know, I kind of want to be around the game. Yeah. That's why I, I kind of chose what I did. Cause I took a lot of coaching classes, like of, of coaching methods and coaching, mm-hmm. et, uh, coaching ethics and, uh, you know, uh, leadership classes, because, you know, if I ever got in that point, you know, of like, you know, when my football playing days were done, I wanted to know, I wanted to know how to like lead men. I wanted to know how to like lead an organization. I wanted to know how to like inspire people. I wanted to know how to like build interpersonal relationships to where when people come into the building, like they feel like I want to be here. You know what I mean? So I took those, I took, that was partly in my decision-making, but, but also like, in the back of my head was like, bro, I don't even care about what I do. Like I'm coming here to play football. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, I was also thinking like, where can I go to make an impact immediately? And then like school is school to me. Like I was feeling like wherever I went, these are division one universities. Like they, they'll have some type of something there to like, if I get this piece of paper, like somebody from the university and our alumni will see that, you know, uh, this guy's, you know, football player and he did this and, you know, he's probably got great work ethic from being a football player. Like, they'll probably give me a job, you know. Mm-hmm. But but I was thinking that NFL the whole way, bro. And I never told people that because my mom and them were all about education, education. My aunts, my uncles, my cousins, they're like, get that education. You know, football's not forever. And, uh, you know, they're they're being protective of me. You know, yeah. that, that's what family that's what family's supposed to do. But in the back of my head, I'm like, y'all don't even know. Like, I'm grinding it out. I'm trying to get us to the M's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm trying to take it as far as I can. So in my decision making, I I, I was also thinking about, you know, I'm a I'm I, I love my family. Like it's all about family to me. Um, you know, at that point in time in my life for sure. And um I was thinking like, well, I play well when all my family's at the game. And we all live in Florida. So like that's when it kind of really uh, kind of narrowed itself down. Um, at the end of it, for my process for picking uh, the school that I did pick, which was UCF, yeah. was because of the fact that my family was going to be close. And if my friends wanted to come and see me and come and holler at me in college and stuff like that, like these were places that were accessible to them. Like it wasn't like if I was going to end up going to Vanderbilt 
all the way to Tennessee. Like nobody's gonna drive from Jacksonville to Tennessee every weekend to come, yeah. you know, see me. So, you know, that weighed heavy in my decision making too. Like I wanted to stay close to home. I felt like Florida was my home and it's the best place to be. Like the weather's great, you know, uh uh the beaches are nice, you know, the the the, the, the nightclubs are bumping. You know, at that point in time, I like I'm like, man, I wanna be close. So it came down to UCF and USF and I was leaning heavily on USF, but they ended up taking my scholarship away the day I came and visited the school, official visit. They said they signed too many linebackers and, um, you know, uh, they signed too many linebackers and, uh, you know, kind of shocked me and my mom because they were really heavy on me in the recruiting process saying I was the number one guy. And, uh, like, when that happened, I was like, okay, you guys want to play that game? I'm going to go directly to your rival. You're going to have to face me every year then. And uh, ended up at UCF, man. That's all. I think that might be the most selfless decision for signing to school that I've ever heard of speaking with, like speaking with training, treating a ton of athletes over the last almost, almost 10, I guess seven, eight years. Like I've never heard an athlete say like they played best when their family and friends are able to come to the games and that like played into their decision. That's like, that was really cool to hear, man. That's, that's awesome. I mean, obviously it, it worked out because you were there at like the beginning of UCS, like, you know, glory years. Cause I mean, yeah. Like yeah. On that now. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, that, that, and that was like something I didn't realize when I um chose UCF was that we were such a, we're such a young school on the, when it comes to the parameters of division one, a football, yeah. like we didn't get into division one and <laughs> Until like, like I think it was ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Compared to like Florida, who's been Division One their whole entire time. Yeah, Miami, Division One. Well, they they fought their way up, but Florida State, Florida State was a younger school. They didn't they didn't get to Division One until about the seventies, you know. But that's mm-hmm. still further than UCF was. They were already prominent on the map, especially with uh, Bobby Bowden and everything that was going on there in Miami and Florida doing what they're doing. So like. I didn't think about that, like that, like some of the stuff I was doing, like I was going to be the record break. I was going to be the record setter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, and of course we got a rich history at UCF. I'm not going to discredit all the guys that came before me because they were monsters, but the level at which my team did it at was just never seen before. Yeah. And then the 2017 and 2018 team took it to a whole nother level. You know what I mean? Um, To where we're able to say, you know, we're national champions, and you know that make, that ticks people off, bro. That ticks people off. That makes them so hot. That makes, <laughs> them, <laughs> that makes them so angry. But we have a right to put that up in our stadium because, based off of how the NCAA does it, there's like three different ways you can be considered a national champion. And the Coley Matrix, one of the, and they and they recognize it. They recognize us as the natural champion that year. So, because we were the only team that ended up defeated with mm. with undefeated. I'm sorry with the schedule that we had. So, yeah, yeah I, man, I it was, was just great. No no lie, I was one of those folks that was, like, ticked off. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was like, man, how the – and, I and like, I went to high school with a guy that played at UCF, uh, Mike Patrick. He was, a, he was a corner there. I think he might have been there the same – Yeah, Mike Patrick. He was a walk-on. Mike Patrick, yeah, yeah walk-on. Yeah, yeah. Big, Kind of swole kid. Yeah, swole yeah. and fast as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know Mike Patrick. That dude, yeah. that dude, they really hey and shout out to Mike Patrick, man, because them cats had us ready to play every week because it was going 
so hard in practice, bro. Like, really, because coach really wanted them, like, embarrass the starters. Make yeah. them feel you. And he used to, and, and them boys used to really come out there and, and put in some good work, man. I, we, you ain't nothing without no walk-ons on your team. The guys, those uns, those those selfless guys who just want to be a part of something bigger than they are yeah. and don't have to be there, but they choose to. So, Absolutely. man, I appreciate those cats. Absolutely. Because I'm a huge Florida State fan, so – and like. We we haven't been anything really since 2013 or I guess 2014 when we got we got whooped by Oregon in the playoffs. But it happens, if, it happens, bro. Y'all was there. <laughs> but if you, if you look at like every team that's been put up against UCF that actually is man enough to sign a contract to play, like y'all beat them. Y'all beat LSU. Y'all beat uh, Baylor. Yeah, we we beat Auburn. Was that Fiesta Bowl? Yeah, Fiesta Bowl. Yes, sir. Yeah, like, I mean, y'all, UCF, they're not a slouch football team, and I I feel like, for whatever reason, they still don't get the credit they deserve. Um, And it's maybe you can make the argument because they're not in a quote unquote Power Five conference or whatever, but we all know that. I feel like probably comes down to like money and stuff like that. But most definitely. Y'all, y'all definitely, because you had you, you had who else was on that team? Blake Bortle. So, yep. Storm uh-huh. Johnson. Um, were the Griffin Rich- twins there? They were there. They were freshmen, man. Okay. Gotcha. So gotcha. They, were, they were young pups. And those <laughs> dudes, and now, now those dudes are like the face of UCF. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, man. That's- and we had uh, Brashad Perriman, who's still currently in the league, Justin yep. McCray, who's in the league, just Jordan, his twin brother Jordan, still playing football. Um, Rennell Hall, he's still playing football. Brandon Alexander, he's still playing football. Clayton Gathers, who just retired from the NFL, now he's working at UCF. Man, we had we had Josh Reese, Justin Tooks. We had a lot of guys, you know, get up. Chris Martin. I'm, I'm just naming off the guys who went to the league from that team that year That's and contributed, man. Really yeah. good dudes. That's awesome. What is uh, – what's it like now being – like given your background playing division one football, um, not qualifying for, for these crazy deals that D one athletes are getting now, like with the NIL deals and stuff like that. And like, I'm going to preface this by stating, like, in my opinion, this stuff's always kind of been around. It's just who, who did a better job of covering it up. Most definitely. I'm I'm not going to name where I went to school because it's not, I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but where I went to school, like I wasn't one of the star players on our team, so I didn't benefit from some of the benefits that some of the star players did receive. But I mean, this has been going on in college sports for <laughs> since the beginning of time, my boy. Since the beginning of time, you're so right, yeah. brother. But what are your thoughts now on on these deals? Like, do you do you feel like it's good for? student athletes regardless of what sport or do you feel like it could it could backfire well I'm just curious to know what your opinion is on it yeah man so my opinion on it and and it comes from a spot of knowing of being a student athlete Mm -hmm. and uh you know going through that time and being at a prominent you know look well you know we're not super prominent but in that Orlando area we're we're the one you know what I mean so like the thing is with me is like it's always going to be good and bad with yeah. anything that's new. And we're in the early stages of NIL right now, in which like there's probably no governing sanctioning body over 
what's really going on. And so, like, some of these guys are signing contracts that are that are just astronomical numbers. Yeah. But we're not really seeing, like, where's the paperwork for what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. how is that money being given to these guys? And mm-hmm. what's going? what's really going on? Now, the thing is, I have nothing wrong with NIL. The thing I do have problems with is the transfer portal. Yeah. Now... <laughs> <laughs> now let me let me tell you now I can't stand the transfer portal. Yeah. And but the thing is, I recognize that it's here, and I know that the transfer portal really helps a university like mine. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we're we're one of those up and coming universities, but we we could never compete with Florida State in a year by year basis on what they're doing. You get what I'm saying? We can never compete with Florida on what they're doing because they have such a rich tradition. Yeah, that it just spans decades and decades. Kids' parents grew up watching them, so mm-hmm. when you're when you're when your dad watches the Florida Gators and you like football and you're at home, then guess what? You're mm-hmm. gonna be watching the Florida Gators. Yeah, and if the whole family loves the Florida Gators, then guess what? You're gonna be a Florida Gator more yeah. than likely. You know what I mean? Unless you have that kid who's like, you know, no, nah, I'm gonna go against the fam. I'm a I'm a like FSU, and it goes vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know. We could never compete against that. But with the transfer portal, what it does give us is the opportunity for kids who probably go to these big schools and they want to play, but the guys in front of them are just too good. They get the opportunity to leave that school and come to a school like UCF where we have great talent. But if you got to if you got to Alabama, then more than likely you'll probably be better than a guy. Maybe, maybe not all of them, but, but probably the majority of them, you'll probably be better than them, right? Yeah, you get an opportunity to go play, but the thing is, it's too much entitlement behind the transfer portal. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you know what I mean, like, and it's too much, and 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 the thing is, what these kids don't really really realize and understand, if you want to make it to the NFL, you coming in with that type of entitlement and that type of understanding and thinking that you know I don't like it here, so I'm just gonna leave. If you do that at the NFL level. You probably won't find another job, my guy. Yep. If that team's got you, it's because they wanted you and they want you to perform. And if you don't go out there and perform, they will cut you. Yeah. And then you'll you'll not you won't be able to play ball again. People see it all the time. So what happens is with the transfer portal, kids lose the fight. Like when I was in college, I was like, I'm I'm not gonna like I did have I, I did have like times where I'm like, yo, this is too hard. I'm going I'm gonna go home. Like, what is this? Like I didn't sign up to be puking. In yeah. the middle of practice, and my coach saying, "Keep playing through the puke," like, you know what I mean? Like, I I didn't sign up for that, but I fought through it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It made me a better man. It made my character shine in ways that I probably put, probably could have never done in any other place that I was at. Mm-hmm. But I fought. You know what I mean? And that helped build resiliency for me. It helped build a callus for me for like dealing with the just the everyday struggles that life has. With yeah. the transfer portal now, these kids can like. My coach yelled at me, I'm butthurt, I'm leaving. You know what, I, I don't have to deal with this. I'm a great athlete. I know another team will take me. And that's what's happening. And that's going to really destroy the college game because now it's going to be like free agency in the NFL. You can yep. play one year with a college team and then just slide. You have a good year, just slide away and go to another team. Yeah. And now a guy who's been at that school, now he has to worry about you coming in. So guess what? If he's going to fight, he may fight. But if he doesn't want to fight, he's going to leave and then take up somebody else's spot. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it takes away from the high school kids trying to get into college. Now the kids out of high school, it's like there's nowhere near as many scholarships that they're giving out per year because they can give those scholarships to a transfer portal guy. 
Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a slippery slope to where I'm seeing it to where like these high school kids you're gonna have to be a four or five star to go to a D one. If you're not that, you're not going to go to college. You're going to have to either prep school it or go to a smaller division. And that's, I feel like that's not fair. Like, there's no development. There's no camaraderie. There's no, uh, you know, uh, family atmosphere that college sports brings us because of the fact that when we were playing, nobody was getting paid. It was about pride. And it was about having your team with each other. Now, do I care that they're getting paid now? No, because I had many nights in college where I had to eat. Pringles or a, bo- a bowl of cereal because I just couldn't. The, the cafe was closed and I had no money to go get anything to eat. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like I want those guys to get money, but I want them to also like have a governing sanction body over them and somebody to teach them about financial literacy and understanding of like if you're gonna make money through this, this is a job and not this isn't any play play. Like you get that money. Like if you don't go out there and perform, those people can pull that money from you. Yeah. Or if you transfer, they can take that money from you. Yep. So just understand that part of it. But the transfer portal, I don't like the transfer portal. Um, I, I mean, I do like it because it gives a guy opportunity where, like, if he's not playing at all and his coaches aren't dealing with him, he can transfer and go play yeah. immediately. You know what I mean? Like, I, that happens in college sports, too. But I'm seeing too much of, oh, no, I'm just not playing. So I'm just going to go leave. Like yeah. at that point in time, you you wasted people's time. That you wasted time, money, resources, and I know some college coaches don't like it that way either. Like Dabo Sweeney kept all his players last year. He didn't let nobody transfer from there because they really wanted to be there, and they're gonna build it up, and that's gonna show. Alabama, Alabama's not taking many transfers. Why? They're Alabama. They they they're coming here because they love Nick Saban, and they're gonna grind it out. Yeah. So you know, it comes to that level. I know UCF needs a transfer portal. So I'm not going to completely just say, you know, I want it done away with. But, you know, I, I'm a little long-winded on it, but I, it, it does get me a little fired up. No, I'm <laughs> glad you mentioned that because I think the rule used to be, like, you had to sit out for a year and then and then you could play the following year. Now, guy, I mean, you, got, you can just transfer and just play anywhere. And I, I feel like it takes away from that adversity part of sports because, like you said, like, guys are just going to places expecting to just start. Like, they're like, oh, I don't feel like grinding it out and earning my spot here. I'll just go somewhere else. And then it's like, all right, well, if you're the guy that's next up there and then you're like, oh, well, this guy's coming here now. Like, like I'm just going to leave. It's like I feel like yeah. it's away from the adversity of just, like, sports. But, like, that kind of stuff, like, that's part of life. Like, you have to be ready to put in work. It doesn't matter if you're sports, like, a job, what have you. And then with the – um um, the money thing. I'm I'm glad that you mentioned like <laughs> the nights of like Pringles because like I'd ask my dad for like twenty bucks sometimes, and you'd be surprised how far you can stretch a twenty dollar bill when it man. comes to the- <laughs> man. Oh my god! I'm telling you, my boy. I'm telling you. You don't yeah. know how many I feel you on that, CEO man. That's the it's truth, like, dog. And folks will be like folks that just don't understand college sports, regardless of the like, the, the division level of uh, competition. Everyone's all, oh, well, you're getting a free education. Like, it's not free because you're up at 5 in the morning. You do your workouts. You have a full class schedule from, what, like 8 to 2. Yeah. 2 to 3, you probably have meetings or maybe 2 to 3.30, 2 to 4, you have meetings. And then you have practice from, like, 5 to 8. And then you have to do all the schoolwork that everyone else in your class <laughs> has done already because they had all day to do it. 
and like you're making the school money if you're a football team or your basketball team, fo- volleyballs, whatever, whatever sport it is, like you're making that school money. Like people are like, oh, you go get a job. Like you don't have time for a job. Like, you don't have. Yeah, you're, like, you are literally <laughs> out of your dorm from five in the morning till eight at night. Like there were nights where I I would de- I'd have to decide after practice, am I going to skip dinner? because the calf closes at 8.39, am I going to skip dinner um, to go finish up my homework that I, I wasn't able to do or study for an exam? Like, oh, I can't skip dinner because I don't have any food in my dorm. Like, yeah, yeah, like, man. It, like, people just don't don't get that. They just think it's like, oh, you're getting a free education to shut up and play ball. Like, nah, it's it's a lot more complicated than that. And, like, I feel like folks just don't understand – the grueling schedule that student athletes go through. They, they think that they just go there and play a sport and they're like, Oh yeah, they're not even taking classes or they have some, some bookworm doing their schoolwork for them, which may be the case for some folks. I don't know, but for the vast majority, like student athletes are like grinding all day. Yeah, bro. If, if they could, if, if those people can find that bookworm for me, trust, best believe I would have been, I would have been trying to do anything to get that guy. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know what I mean? Like, just being honest, man. And, you, and you're so right. Like, we were making those decisions at 18, 19 years old. Am I going to eat tonight? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have to get this work done, but am I going to – I'm going to miss my opportunity to get something to eat. And they don't and, – and and with the NIL, thank God, man. And they're, and it's and it's like – and it's changed in the last 10 years since me and you have been to college, right, CO? Like, they're giving these guys more resources, and they're, they got training tables for these cats to get something to eat, you know, and take – to go box his home so they can have something to eat and everything like that, you know, but like that wasn't a reality for a lot of us coming up. Like, you know, once the cafeteria closed, man, it's closed. There's no, there's no, there might not be no more eating for the rest of the day for you. Yeah. And we're like growing, like we're, yeah. we're in an age in which we eat anything dog. Like, you know what I mean? The school and, I went to, we weren't even allowed to take to go boxes out of the cafe. It was the most yeah. insane thing because they were worried about students wasting food. I'm like, I, you, you point out a single athlete here at this school that's going to take that to-go box and waste it and throw it away later, I'll give you, like, all my tuition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> y'all tripping. What kind of – what kind of lo- hey, CO, we had the same rule. Can't take a to-go box. What? Now, oh my. Yeah, man. You had to – and if you and if you wanted to take a to-go box, you had to set up, like, a – like, a like a um, it's, a, it's this little thing with the cafe, like, you have to pay to, like – to have, to you, and you have to bring this go box back so they know that you ate it and they have to wa- <laughs> and they wash it out and they give you another one and i'm like what the heck we can just make this plastic and we can get on with our day like this just, just a plastic box man i'm gonna i'm gonna eat that food yeah i'm i'm, I'm gonna be starving after these after this 6 30 to 9 class i got tonight oh you know what i mean <laughs> so like so like i'm with you on that bro like seriously man it's it's you know they don't understand that and that's like you know uh, you know, it's like uh, uh, the man in the arena, Teddy Roosevelt type thing. Like people don't know like what it's like to be in there. They don't know what it's like to wake up at. Like you just said, you told somebody you're scheduled at five a.m. They'll look at you like what five a.m. Yeah, I might. They might just be going to bed, coming back from the bar at three. <laughs> you know what I mean? You you miss out on that experience as a college athlete. You don't get to do what everybody else gets to do because you understand like it's gonna like you can't burn both ends of the candle and expect you're gonna be ready to go on that Saturday when you go play. Exactly. So, 
You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah, so I understand completely. And another thing, too, CO, like, imagine this, man. Let me tell you about this. So my junior year, I'm cooking in college. That's when we're having our best year. I'm having our we're having our best college year. Having our best, you know, uh year in UCF history. I'm having my best year as a football player on the college level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that year, you know, I get Fiesta Bowl, defensive MVP, everything like that. So the next my senior year, dog, I'll never forget. Hey, CEO, I'm riding a I'm riding a bike, a, a beach cruiser. My mom got me for like $20 from Goodwill, bro, around campus. Right? Because she didn't want to get me a car. We didn't have enough money to buy a car. You know what yeah. I mean? Insurance, everything like that. So, you know, and I probably could have used my Pell Grant money for it, but I was like, I'm going to save this money to try to get some clothes for me to wear for the next year and yeah. food. Like, yeah. I need something to live off of. I'll just, you know, I'll just ride my bike. And, uh, my, you know, uh, shout out to my wife, Mary. She used to let me use her car. I'm thankful for that baby girl for that, man, because I needed that at times. But um, so I'm riding the class one day my senior year, bro. It's like after the season, you know, uh, people – People starting to recognize me across campus. So, you know, that's like a shock. Like, oh, that's T, that's Terrence Plummer. Oh, hey, boom, boom, boom. See, oh, I'll never forget it, bro. I'm riding to class my um senior year. And uh I'm looking, and there's this guy. And he has a 41 on his back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, is that my jersey on his back? So I'm I'm riding and I see him. I'm like, holy crap, this dude bought my jersey. They put my jersey in the bookstore. So I go to the bookstore and see all these 41s there, bro. I'm like, that's amazing, bro. Like, I'm like, I'm like, damn, bro. Like, they, they my school recognized me. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I have some type of, you know, clout here at that point. So, you know what I mean? Like, oh, stop. Bro, I leave the bookstore. No lie, CO. I see four more people with my jersey on, bro. Four more people. And then as I'm just riding around campus, for the next, you know, until spring practice, I'm just seeing people with my jersey on. And it's giving me, like, just, like, you know, that feeling of, like, damn, bro, that's amazing. Yeah. But then I think about it. As I'm riding on my bike, I'm like, people are wearing my jersey directly because they 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 like me. Yeah. They think Terrence Plummer's that guy. But, bro, I haven't gotten a dollar for that. Yeah. Like, I'm riding around campus on a bike. Like I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get food at night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And people don't realize that part of it either. Like, you know, the NCAA is great because they all gave us opportunity to continue playing our sport, opportunity to go to the league, get our education. But at the same time, they were reaping all the benefits yeah. in terms of money wise off of us. And I, you know, being young, you don't think about it. But then when I saw that, people in my jersey, I'm like, damn, dog, I'm not getting a buck for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like they went to the bookstore and chose a random number and was like. Yo, can you have a jersey made with just the number 41? <laughs> like, no, they bro. Know that <laughs> they know who that is, bro. <laughs> they, they're, they're buying that because I'm, 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 I'm putting it, I'm putting that work in, bro. You yeah. feel me? So, like, that, that really was like uh, the time where I had got like a little, uh, I don't, I don't want to say like, you know, not j- jealous because yeah. I wouldn't, I, I could, I'd be jealous of myself. But I just got kind of like, I don't know how to say it, like, just kind of like, damn, like, I'm not really getting no money for this. And they're making profit off of me. And I just felt a little, uh, I guess you could say, uh, not, I don't want to say like, used, like, j- but like jaded almost. Like, jaded, like, yeah. jaded. Yeah. yeah, most most definitely like jaded, bro. I was jaded about that situation. Yeah. Yeah. That, but, you know, 
that was the time that we were in, man. That was the time that we were in. And now these cats got the opportunity to like, hey, bro, get your business started. Kids yeah. don't have to leave. If you're a baller in college and, and somebody wants to offer you a hundred thousand, bro, you're you're leaving college with way more money than anybody else here. Yeah. Make sure you do something with that. Yeah. Put some of that money up. Invest some of that money. Get a little business started. If you got, an, you get some apparel going. Mm. Get some stuff talking. Like yep. that way, like you don't feel like so pressured to make it to the NFL because, like you, you you're already seeing streams of income and if you really want to go to the nfl that means you're going to be willing to put the work in it ain't because of the money because money that can only motivate you for so long yeah that can only be the motivation for so long for so long eventually you're gonna be like i got enough money what keeps me coming out here in the middle of this hot sun with a helmet on 20 pounds of gear wanting to slam my body into somebody else at 100 miles an hour yeah you know you know what i mean so like (laughs) just being honest like most people won't do that yeah. So that's just something I think about on that level, bro. So, you know. Absolutely. What, so you had a great year, junior senior goes by. What's it, what was it like the process of, okay, I think I have a shot at the NFL. Like let's put in the work to get there. Like what was that process of transitioning from collegiate football from a, I guess, this is probably going to be a, a multi-part question because I meant to ask the difference between like the speed of the game for from high school to college, because like, unless you played college sports, like the speed of the game is much different. But when you transition from college to football, like what was that transition like from a, from a speed of the game perspective, just like overall preparedness or process, et cetera. It's a loaded question. I know. So take as much time as you need to answer. It. No, you're good, bro. So I'm gonna be honest with you. The, the 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 biggest change for me in terms of speed was from high school to college. Okay. Um, from high school to college, um, that like my first day of practice at on the college field and how they ran practice, bro. I was like a chicken with my head cut off. Bro. <laughs> I was just like, what is going on? I've never seen football done this well at this high level as fast as it was. Yeah. Like, I was like, bro, like, usually in high school, we got three-hour practices. So, like, we got we, – we're just doing – we're running our plays. You know, we got time. We're chilling. Um, I'm probably, you know, I might be, you know, when I'm not necessarily on the field, me and the other guys, we might be having a rap battle on the sideline or something like that. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, we might be doing that stuff. Like, I was always locked in. But, you know, I had fun, you know, like at that time in high school. But I was always locked in. But, like, you know, that was just how the flow of it was. Like, it wasn't like – when I got to college, bro, everybody's eyes are, like, glued on the field. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no extra talking. There's no extracurricular. If you are talking, you're talking about how you may have messed up the last play mm-hmm. and how coach is going to get on you and film and, like, make you feel like the worst guy ever in front of mm-hmm. your peers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Killing. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst, bro. It's the worst. I don't know if you see that guy who's on social media. Oh, coach, yeah. On coach 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bro. That's exactly how it's. That's exactly how it's going down. Oh, I said that to <laughs> you know, uh, one of my homeboys the other day because one of my homeboys sent it to me the Georgia and Oregon game. Oh my god, bro, I was rolling. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that funny, bro? When he was yeah. getting on those players, just like, <laughs> just like really, just like really, like just hammering those yeah. guys. And that's how it's like. Yeah, and it really is like that, bro. Like that's really the, that's really the, that's really what goes with playing college sports so like 
the speed of college was so fast. Now, once I got slowed down in college, right, I think the, the game, you know, the game becomes easier. Mm-hmm. The game becomes the game becomes much easier. But the transition from the NFL to college in terms of speed, it's not really that much faster, to be honest with you, because, you know, the guys you go to college, the good guys that you play against, they're all in the NFL. So, like, if you're on par with them, then you're on par with what's going on in the league. But the thing is about the league is it's about execution. So, mm-hmm. like, the way those the way those cats execute at that high level in the NFL is just next level. Yeah. And, you know, that, that you know, that was probably, you know, um, the biggest transition in terms of speed was was from uh, high school to high school to, to college. And then the pros, it's just all about executing, knowing what you got to do. And then there's freaking natures out there that, you know, there ain't much you can do. Yeah. This guy is going to do it like Aaron Donald. Aaron yeah. Donald's going to be Aaron Donald in 1980 or in 2060. Yep. There's no, there's no, you know, Lawrence Taylor. Those guys are just next level. And you start seeing, you know, some of that type of athleticism at the, at the NFL level. But, um, yeah, man. And then to answer your other question about, um, what that, what that process is like going from college. And then now it's like, I'm going from college, you know, to a business like the NFL is just a business, man. It's a business. Those guys are, you're constantly always being evaluated at all times. Um, um, there's no, there's no, um, there's no chilling in the NFL. Like there's no time of like relaxation and like feeling like you, like feeling like you arrived in the NFL. You'll probably be gone in the next week. Yeah. For most guys, yeah. not all of them. Because, like I just told you, it's this next-level athletes, you know, God-gifted that, you know, you can't do nothing with. But, like, for the guy like me who is, like, I'm, like, I'm super, like, I'm I'm gifted, but I'm not just overly, like, beyond, you know, like, I'm not six foot three. I'm not 235 running a 4'4". Four four. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't blessed with those gifts. What, I, what God blessed me with was I'm quick as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tenacious. And I'm going to outwork you. Yeah. So that's what got me in the NFL. And that was my process leading up to the draft was like, I was training with some of the best, you know, college football players out there. But like, I just, I just refused to let those guys think they're just going to get over on me. Yeah. Or like, you know what I mean? Like to think that like, you know, because they're doing that, like I'm supposed to like, you know, feel like I'm not where I'm supposed to be. No, I'm just, I'm going to work to get there. Mm-hmm. And 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 with work and with proper training and understanding the body, human beings, people don't realize how adaptable our bodies are, and how like the human body really is like the best computer mm-hmm. in the entire world. Because but all it requires is a little blood sweat. Yep. And, you know what I mean? And it'll 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 get back to a point where you're feeling like okay, I'm 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 ready to go out and take on this challenge. And uh, that's what I did every day for like three months, bro. I just Attack my workouts, did everything I could. And I was probably naive at that time, you know, uh, just because what I did in college, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, these people see the production, like, um, from what I did in college, like, it shouldn't matter how I look and everything like that in terms of, like, how big I am and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. that shouldn't matter. You should, The heart should matter. Yeah. But, um, you know, 
that was my first biggest mistake. Like, I probably should have been at pro day putting lifts in my shoes to be six three. You know what I mean? Like, I probably should have, I probably should have put a five pound plate in my pocket when they went and weighed me in. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> make everything just, just. But that's the business because yeah. those people look at those and they're like, okay, this guy he has the body type to come fulfill what we want in our at our program. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was that process, man. Just you know, a lot of grind and effort and. Ended up going undrafted to the to the to the Washington Commanders. Now they were the Redskins back then, and uh, you know I, I I showcased my talent. And I ended up making a team, man. It was it was a great time, man. It was a great time. That's awesome, man. What um, how long did you spend with them? Because I I know you spent some time in the CFL. Um, you were with Toronto Argonauts. Yep, yep, yep. And um, you spent some time in the XFL before kind of that whole deal happened in 2020 um, and you were balling that year too. Um, what, what, how long were you in the league? Like how long, like, and just what was like, what things did you learn from, I guess, being an athlete and a- as a person kind of playing at that level? Uh, because not a lot of people get to play college football, let alone, the professional level. I mean, that is a very, very small percentage of people in the world, especially the United States. But um, what was that like? It was amazing, man. Um, I learned, like, I took a lot of L's during that time. But yeah. when I say L's, it means lessons. Like, yeah. I had to learn a lot of lessons about being a professional. And, uh, you know, like, when I came in, you know, I had the biggest chip in the world on my shoulder. Like, I should have got drafted. Um, you know, the, the guys who got drafted in front of me, they aren't nothing compared to me. They don't have the heart. They don't have the work ethic. They don't have the the wherewithal that I do when it comes out here. I really study the game. So, you know, that, I, that, that, that really fueled me during my first, you know, training camp that I had in the NFL and it, and it, and it paid and it, and it paid, uh, paid off for me. But one thing I, I can say is that with, with what I was doing, I was like, I, I had never been to a point in my life where I knew how to chill out. You know what I mean? CEO, like I had always been on go. Yeah. And the thing is like with being an athlete, when you, when, when you make it to college and you make it to NFL and everything's scheduled for you and every, like, Oh, your whole day is planned around, you know, your job, football. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when I got, when I wasn't, when I didn't have football, it really destroyed me because I was a, I was a creature, creature of habit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm doing that all the time. And, 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 and the, and the lessons I learned in the NFL was like, was like, like, so for instance, like, and I don't, I tell people this now, like, cause it is part of my story and my journey. Um, my second first, my second NFL game ever, like, and this is regular season. So I'm out there where it really matters. Like this isn't preseason. This is like, when it matters, like every game counts. And that's the thing, that's why everybody loves the NFL. Like this isn't a league in which like the NBA, you could lose three games in a row and then hit a hit an eight game win streak and you're right back in the playoff picture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the NFL is every game, like you you take an L on that counter, like heads are rolling. Yeah. Like, people are like, you know what I mean? Like you do something in the game that messes up, like messes up something that the, the team was, you know, going for within that trying to get the process of getting a win. Like they're cutthroat, and if you don't have any like, like if you're not guaranteed money on an NFL roster, and you're like the like you know probably out of fifty three guys on the roster, you're number forty eight. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You're expendable. Yeah. And I didn't realize that in the NFL. So like, 
going we have a Thursday night game versus the uh the Giants. So the week before, I that's my first regular season game. We play the St. Louis Rams. Um I have a good game. I study my ass off. See, I'm in the building like till eight o'clock, like waking up, getting in there early, you know, doing everything like that. So like we played that Sunday. And like when we played that Sunday, my mom came to the game, my uh uh Mary came to the game, my wife. Um, it was like one of the best moments of my entire life, bro. But one thing I can say was I was fucking tired, bro. Yeah. I was tired after that, bro. I had did all that work in the preseason just to make the team. And now when it really mattered, I was dead tired. Yeah. And um, so and I, I didn't have a, I was living out of a hotel at the time because I didn't know if I was gonna make the team or not. So I was like, let me not go out here and just go grab an apartment. Uh, just, you know, because you never know, like they could cut me and then I'm not here. And then I, you know, I don't pay for this apartment. I got to pay that rent. I lost $2,500 of rent because I'm, yeah. I'm staying in probably the richest County in all of Virginia. Cause that's <laughs> where the Redskins are at in Douglas yeah. County. So, you know, I make the team, I, I, I'm in the practice roster. I'm staying in the hotel. They activate me to the active roster. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be here. Mm-hmm. So I, I went and go, I went and go get a, ho- I went and go get an apartment, you know? And uh, when I go, I, I and, and you know, you look back on those things like, bro, you're just moving too fast, you know, and that's a lesson. Yeah. I go, I go get the apartment. Um, I don't have Mary's. My mom's not there. Mary's not there. I'm all alone. So, like I just told you, we played Sunday. So that Monday we had off. You know, you after you play mm-hmm. in the NFL, they give you a day off. You know, to rest and recover. So you know, I uh, I rest and recover that day. I come in Monday, and the special team coach tells me, "Hey, man, we need you." We're gonna move you to left wing on the punt team. And CO, like, you know, and I'm and, and I'm young at this time. I'm like, and I'm thinking, like, man, wherever you put me, coach, I'm a shine. You know what I mean? Type thing. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a shine, but never played it before. Never played left wing. Um, and you know, uh I go out there and practice that that day on that Tuesday, and I'm doing it all wrong. But you know, we have a game that Thursday. So that next day we're leaving to go to New York. So and I'm not and I'm not realizing I'm doing it wrong until after the fact when 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 I get to the game and uh you know uh coach asked me to come in that next morning at like nine o'clock, you know, to go over some stuff. Yeah. And I'm in the whole and I and I'm at and I'm at my apartment. Um I didn't get in my apartment that night until like 10 because I'm trying to get ready to go. I'm yeah, I didn't yeah, I didn't go. I'm trying to get ready. I didn't have no clothes to wear, you know, it's an attire that you have to wear on the flight. So I did all that stuff. Like I had to go into, I had to go into the city to go to the mall and find stuff. So like, you know, like all that stuff is like adding up, you know what I mean? So yeah. that morning I don't get there at nine o'clock and the coach is like, why didn't you get here? And I was like, coach, like, I just got my apartment. I just got these clothes. I just had to get yeah. some stuff for the game. Like I'm trying to get prepared to leave with you guys. And he's like, you shouldn't even worry about that stuff. You should have just came here and like, cause we had some stuff to go over. And he's like, and he's throwing a fit, right? And this is the first time like I'm ever dealing with this. And I and it wasn't a mandatory meeting, you know? It was just like, you know, you just wanted to go over some stuff. And I said, I apologize, coach. I'm sorry. Like, but I didn't tell him, like, coach, I'm dead tired. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Cause I'm like, I'm thinking like now I'm feeling the pressure, like, yo, these people are giving me this opportunity. Yeah. Go out here and go play. You can't see it with that one. <laughs> Right, bro, because then it's like, well, I have 100 million other guys that want this. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I could have lost it right there. So, like, I just try to, like, buck up and, like, you know, I got it, coach. And um, 
I get out there, I go against Rashad Jennings on Thursday night. So, so the first time we had punt, you know, I'm, um, uh, we're like close near the goal line mm-hmm. of our goal line because our offense didn't move the ball, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really tight in there. And uh, you know, I had no prior experience learning wings, so I just dropped back way too far. And uh, he doesn't block the punt, but he pushes mm-hmm. me far, bro. Like he gets me close, and that's just because I got I kick step way too far for what I needed to. All I needed to take was two steps yeah. and then push him out. But I'm, I'm not knowing what to do. You know, I'm thinking get depth, make sure I just get in front of him. He won't block the ball. So um, he pushes me. Um, you know, he gets really close to the punter. But we get the ball off, bro. I, I get back to the sideline. I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. But then, coach, I'm running to the sideline. And my special teams coach like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean, coach? He's like, there's a flag on the play. You got pushed back hella far, like. What are you doing? Like, lock in. We got to do it again. And everybody knows in football, when you have to punt twice in a row, it's never something good that happens after the second punt. No. And, um, you know, and then I get back to the line, and my, and my teammate's like, ATP, cut him. Cut the guy when he comes off the line. And I'm like, bro, I don't know how to – like, I'm just like, yeah. bro, I don't know. I don't, I'm like, you know, it's like one of those moments, like, it's, it's, a, little, it's a little too much for me because yeah. I don't know what's going on. I, don't, I haven't prepared. And one thing about me, CEO, I prepare, man. Yeah. I prepare. And uh, I didn't come in prepared. The next play, um, same thing happens. He pushes me. Um, he doesn't run me over or anything, but he pushes me up far enough, and he just, like, put, kind of puts his hand up over my head, and he, he, he blocks the punt. Um, we end up having a safety. Uh, the next play, I end up making the tackle because the guy's about to break for a touchdown on the on – the, uh, uh, I forgot the name, the guy. He played for the uh, Cowboys and the Giants and a lot of teams. He was a great punt returner. Mm-hmm. Uh, something Dwayne or something like that. I forget his name. He had dreads, and he almost broke into the house. And thank God I was there because I made a, I made it like I got off my block and kind of like threw my arm out and, and clipped him, bro. I was yeah. like, okay, at least I'm out of the bad graces there. Yeah, you know what I mean. But at that point in time, my special teams coach had just like he 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 was just he just going in on me, bro. And like that was the first time I ever had to deal with that. Like in professional sports, like mm-hmm. I didn't realize that by him putting me out there, his job was on the line. Yep. You know what I mean? So he has to show the coach, like, I care. Like, I don't know what this kid's on. And, uh, you know, I kind of fell out of the graces of the Redskins in one play. Yeah. One play I went from the GM telling me I was going to be there from 10, for 10 years to the next to the next moment. Like, everybody in the locker room is looking at me like, bro, you're part of the reason why we lost today. And I had never experienced that in my life, bro, never. Um, after that, um, we have uh, – the Philadelphia Eagles, I end up playing that game, but they take me off punt. They bring in another linebacker, and I kind of read the writing on the wall. And after, after, after you know, five weeks with the Redskins, they cut me. Mm. So, you know, and then I, that's the first time I ever got cut in my life, CO. And I'm thinking football's over. But luckily, my preseason was so good, I end up with the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. About, about, about four weeks later, and I end up finishing my year with the Minnesota Vikings. And then the next year, they bring me back. And then um, I have a good I have a good spring preseason with the Vikings, but they drafted a linebacker and they said it came down to us. And they're like the investments in him. You did everything you could, and uh, that was my last time uh, sniffing the NFL uh, facility, man. Mm-hmm. So in a year and a half, I was in the NFL, played games, and by the next year, you know, I'm back on the street looking for a job. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like that's like the biggest lesson I learned, like. When you're in the NFL, when you're on the highest levels of sports, like at any moment, bro, it could be taken away. So you need to have gratitude, gratefulness, 
and you need to prepare like you're preparing for war. Yeah. Like know every tendency, everything. And because of that moment, it prepared me for Canada because with going to Canada, I wanted to go to Canada for two years and come back to the NFL because I was still young. I was, I was, when I made it to the NFL, I was 21. My first year goes by, I'm 22. My next year, I'm 23. And then um, I'm still 23 years old, bro. Healthy, hungry, you know what I mean? Like ready and willing to play football. So when I go to Canada, I'm 24. Um, and I'm like, bro, by the time I'm done at 25, like, that's not old. Like, that's just, that's like, <laughs> I get back down to the NFL, I'm 25 again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, guys are coming in at 25. Yeah. So, and that's what my agent told me we were going to do. So, it prepared me for Canada because my preparation level in Canada was through the roof. And I never felt like I didn't, like, you know, there's times where, you know, it can get sticky out there, my boy. Yeah. You're like, oh, it can get real <laughs> sticky. <laughs> yeah, it can, get, it can get real sticky out there. But it wasn't like I felt that Thursday. You know what I mean? So um, when I was in Canada, that went really well. I won the Grey Cup, my which is the which is the Super Bowl of the Canadian Football League. Here, I end up starting, balling out, and then 2018 comes, and this is another L, another lesson. You know that that 20 that 2017 when I come back home, you know I'm like, let me put all my time and effort into training. You don't make as much money in the NFL, but you know I had some good, I had a decent amount of money, like I could. I can make it through this off season, pay my bills, yeah. you know, do a, do a couple things and then go back up there and play. And then we're right back to the NFL, getting to that type of pay scale. And that was the naiveness of me, like not realizing like, bro, you could get hurt at any time. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like setting yourself up for it. And that's exactly what happened. 2018, uh, uh, everybody's singing my praises in Canada. Uh, GM loves me. My coach loves me. They think, you know, I'm going to be a CFL all-star. My agent saying, bro, you just stay healthy. You're back in the NFL. Already got teams looking at you. So I get hurt. Um, I end up uh, – and the crazy thing is, is, like, another lesson I learned is, like, you need to have knowledge of your own body. Yeah. I've never been hurt before. And when I got hurt, I just trusted – you know, and you're supposed to trust the guys who are your trainers, yeah. your head athletic trainer and everything. But what I didn't realize was that guy's there to try to get you back on the field as fast as you can. He's not really there to diagnose you and really see what's going on. And he told me I had degenerative knees that, uh, that, uh, because for some reason, every time I would get in like a squat position, my knee would give out, Yeah, you know, and I'm thinking it's neurological, like, right. Like it's gotta be a pinched nerve or something. It's like, I'm in the healthiest, I've been the healthiest I've ever been in my life. And all of a sudden now my, my knees are giving out. Like this isn't making sense. And uh, he thought it was like, you know, he thought, and they thought it was like, a psychological thing and everything like that, which it was psychological. Mm-hmm. But what it turned out to be was I had a very severe case of back sciatica. I was just sleeping on a soft bed. Um, my my hips were majorly misaligned. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a bad anterior pelvic tilt. Um, so like my my hip flexors were just overactive, and what it did was it put, tilted my pelvis, um, uh, yeah. down and down and up. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. I ended up that side that SI joint. It was just my hip and that and that nerve, like it was just constricted. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I went a whole year and just the just the worst back pain ever, bro. Not really getting any help. Uh, ended up getting surgery on my knee because they thought it was maybe my meniscus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said the doctor's like it's not bad, but it could probably be cleaned up. And um, you know, I do that, and uh, they, they the the medical report goes out that this kid's got degenerative knees and. Uh, after 2018, I signed to uh, Hamilton, but it didn't go to him because of the back pain. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
figure it out myself. I go to a doctor here in Jacksonville, doctor. He's a doctor. He, he's, he's the, he's the, he's the knee doctor for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Is and it, he, and he, he can go ahead. What'd you say? Is it, he can. Doctor it might be, it, it might be, he can. I thought he had an Andrew's name. I thought it might've been uh-huh. someone like that. It, it might be, he can. I'm not sure. I forget. Cause it was a little while ago and I just went in for consultation for him mm-hmm. and he checked me out and he's like, dude, there's nothing wrong with your knees. Is there anything, do you have any pain in your back? And I say, yes, sir. My pain in my back has been killing me for this last year and a half. And he says, all right, come here. Gives me an uh, x-ray. He's like, man, your, your hips are just off. Yeah. I was like, what? He's like, man, this is, this is just backside. Mm-hmm. You, can get this, you can get this handled in two weeks. You do what you need to do. Work on your core. Mm-hmm. Sleep on a hard surface, like sleep on the floor. Hold your sleep on your back. No lie, see, I was right back to who I was before. And it just, it, it hurt me so bad because I missed a whole year of football. And had that a, was, surgery. <laughs> and had surgery, bro. And now I look like I'm damaged goods, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that played a significant role in my mental life. From 2018 to like, until I got to play football in 2020, man, I was just like a tumbleweed in uh Wow, wow, West, just slowly drifting. Like, you know, and everybody's not really understanding. Thank God for my wife, you know, always encouraging me and telling me to keep going. But, like, even my even my family didn't know what to tell me. Like, man, you know, it might be over with. You know, you might need to start thinking about other things. And I did not want to hear that. Yeah, I did not want to hear that, bro. It hurt me that, you know, that this is what it was coming to. So, you know, with that time, I, I learned the lesson of first – you know, find out what's wrong with your body first. You know what I mean? Learn, you know, you know, take care of it, man. Take care of it if you're going to be in such a dangerous and, uh, you know, high contact sport that football is. Yep. And, uh, you know, I really tapped into that. So um, 2020 comes around, end up playing the XFL. Uh, I don't train for the XFL because of the back pain and everything like that. I'm just happy I got out there. Um, like you said, you thought I was doing good. I felt like I was horrible out there. I did make plays. I did make plays, but that just came from me being smart. You know what I mean? Like just knowing, just knowing stuff, but it wasn't like that with that physical intention that I had before. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't because I was dominant because I was running through people's faces. It was just because, you know, I was making plays because I just knew where to be at the right time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but, you know, it was all worth the lesson. I was coming off the injury and my back was finally healthy. And, you know what I mean? I just wasn't the same guy. But now I am that guy, you know, from the lessons, man. And I always tell kids now, like, turn your losses into lessons, man. Turn those L's into lessons. Learn from the bull crap that you had to go through so that way, like, when it shows itself again, you know what to do, how to handle it, and it'll pay dividends for you in your career. So, you know, that's my little thing with that, man. That's, that's great insight because not a lot of people, like I said, get to play professional sports um regardless so that to be able to kind of walk away uh from those experiences learning something um that you can take with you the rest of your life is is valuable because i can imagine people kind of get lost at that level or i was watching a, a netflix thing like untold um stories like there's like the manti tail one there's one um um I can't think of the tennis guy's name. Marty Fish. 
And like, yep, I watched that, bro. That's amazing, bro. That's yeah. amazing. The one with Marty Fish is amazing, bro. Yeah, amazing. That dude got me so juiced up, man. Yeah. For sure. Because like, people think that athletes are like they just play sports and that's all they do, and like they don't, they don't have like all this stuff going on off and off the field or court, whatever sport you're playing. It's like you know, there's a lot of mental battles you got to deal with. Things like injuries, like how you're going to manage that, like. Manage being the best at one level, and, and like you're trying to make a roster spot. Like there are all these different things that go into being a high performer, at, regardless of what you do. Because I mean, those things kind of play into the real world, like like business as well. So I, I think that's really great insight. Now uh, to I guess go into something a little more positive to kind of piggyback on the lessons that you learned. Like I know you got. You just earned your degree, exercise science from UCF. What got you into like performance or sports performance and coaching at the spot you're in now? And and kind of what's your favorite age group to work in? Because I, I worked at a facility that I think Jerry and worked at. This was like back in 2015. Um, similar kind of bunch of. Athletes, high school, middle school, yeah, worked with a couple of professional athletes. But like, what what got you into sports performance coaching, and uh, what age group do you enjoy working with? Yeah, man. So, um, with 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 with, with sports performance, I, I kind of got in it just by meeting Jaren, man. Yeah, he just he just offered me like he's like, man, TP, man, because he trained me before. Yeah, and he knew like kind of like you know who I am as a guy. Like I'm a good dude. And, I'm a positive guy. And he was just like, man, come out here. And uh, and this is before I got my, you know, my degree, you know. I, I mm-hmm. worked to get that during that time of, of training with uh, Jaren, you know, learning everything about, you know, sports exercise science. I got great – I got great guys here, uh, Colton Lewis and uh, Jordan um, Jordan uh, Cook, who are, uh, you know, both, you know, high, high highly respected guys in the Jacksonville area with what they yeah. do. And – um. You know, I just started learning the game that way. And then I was like, you know, let me go get this paper to, like, you know, put a little solidification on it. And, um, you know, uh, with everything that was going on with, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, me me learning about training, you know, um, I learned a lot from those guys. And I, I enjoy, like, seeing the joy on kids' faces for, like, when they finally – it finally clicks. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. this is how I'm supposed to be running. <laughs> oh, this is how I'm supposed to be squatting. And then from that click moment, you just see the 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 progression of these kids, man. It's out of this world, man. It's out of this world. And um that's kind of like how I got into it. It's like, you know, I feel like it's a I feel like it's an act of service, you know what I mean? Like I feel like with 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 um training these kids, like, you know, I'm 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 helping them achieve something that's bigger than them. So that's how I really got into it. And I really enjoyed the process of uh, taking somebody and molding them kind of like Play-Doh and turning them into this, uh, turning them into like, you know, you know, this, this finished work when they end up leaving to go to college and everything like that. And um, yeah, man, I love it. And uh, you know, uh, another thing too is with, uh, with the training, because I'm currently still trying to play ball, you know, um, I learned a lot about how to train myself during that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, 
that's another reason I'm drawn to it because I'm still active in, you know, wanting to be playing sports. You know, it might not be at the level that it was before, but, you know, it's going to be at a major level and I want to be the best that I can be. And so by learning from these guys, it's, it's done nothing but change my game up. And it's made me a better athlete. And I feel like I'm much stronger and faster than I ever was, even when I was younger. So, you know, that's been a big div- uh, helper with me, you know, hopping in it. And then my favorite groups to train are the babies. Yeah. And, uh, like, you know, around six, seven, eight years old, because, you know, they're, they're, they they want to go out there and have fun. So it's easy to train them, right? Like, you can draw up a relay course or obstacle course, and they don't realize that we're working on hip projection and retraction during this whole thing. They don't, you know what I mean? Like, they don't even know it. They're just going out there having a good time. And uh, I do enjoy training the professionals, but it's so easy. Yeah. It's, it, you know what I mean? They they know why they're there. Yeah. They know why they're there. So, like, it's easier with the pros, but, you know, like, do I get as much joy out of that as I do, like, my young high schoolers? Probably not. Yeah. I love training my high schoolers, man. I love training my football athletes. I love seeing them learn something, like I was saying earlier, and it clicks. And then now they're in football season now and my kids are producing and it, it makes me feel great because I know I played a role in that. It's not me because y'all had to go out there and play, but because I gave you some knowledge, now you have that knowledge to go use and that's next level to me. That's awesome. That's how I feel or even felt when I worked at Hit Center because that's what sparked my interest in physical therapy and being able to see, regardless of what age they're at now, whether it's a high school person or even someone that's 90 years old being able to see someone's like that, that the switch go off or like, Oh, the aha moment for me is really when I teach someone how to deadlift, um, especially <laughs> older folks that like, they think that lifting something heavy is going to be detrimental to their health. I'm like, well, do you ever pick up groceries off the ground or out of the trunk? Like what makes you think that those movements are more dangerous than picking up, a barbell off the ground. It's like, it's all the same stuff. We're just doing it to make you stronger, more resilient, better at what you're doing as an older adult. And as a kid, like you need to be able to do X, Y, Z in order to boost your performance down the road. You know, most definitely for your, most, you're going to play. Most definitely, bro. And, and, and like you just said, like by, 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 by equating it to like, you have to make, you have to make it make sense for, for older people. Right. So like, by, by you telling them about those groceries, people don't realize, like, you'll pick up a bottle of, you'll, you'll pick up a gallon of water from the ground. Yeah. And if you bend your back over the wrong way, for three weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, they don't, they, yeah. it's, it's, it's a good thing technique. that you let them know, like, that movement that you're doing, if you do that, if you do these things the proper way, you won't have to deal with just that crazy moment. Yeah. It goes haywire. Now you're like, I mean, you're scarred for the rest of your life. You never want to bend down and go grab anything from the ground because you're scared. And, yep. Uh, that plays a role. And then with the kids, like you're saying, like, this is vital. Like, if you want to be where you want to be, like, you got to do these type of things because the best they're doing. This is how they develop. Yep. Amen to that. Well, I, um, I just have a couple more questions because I, I want to be mindful of your time because I'm sure you probably have clients this afternoon. And I actually I do, I do. I have to get to clinic here in about an hour. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> a couple things. I know that you um what what are you most excited about for the near future? Because I know just we talked 
a few weeks ago when I was back in Florida and like, you know, you're trying to, your goal is to make one more run at XFL, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, so what yeah. does that look like? Like, what are you, what are you most excited about that? Like, what do you got planned to kind of help prepare for that? Well, right now I'm on my training schedule right now. I'm getting it in five days out the week, you know, with rest days. Mm -hmm. um, trying to take my nutritious, my nutrition. I'm sorry, I said nutritious, Lord have mercy. Nutrition <laughs> um, <laughs> to the next level, you know what I mean? So I've been taking, you know, my BCAAs, been taking my protein powders. You know, I did a little creatine for a little bit of time to add a little bit of muscle. Yeah. Um, so I could, you know, never really been a guy that's been heavy in the uh, supplements. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I said this time around, you know, I'm going to try to do that. And I'm really excited for it because I'm in the bed. Like I just told you, man, I've been learning about training and I know how to train myself and I know about what I need to do. Right. So, like, I'm doing stuff that helps with my force output, how much force I'm really putting out on the ground, my power mm -hmm. output. You know what I mean? Uh, working on my uh, all the little muscles that, you know, my balance, uh, my tibialis interior, you know, keeping that keeping that strong so I can have some pop off the ground mm -hmm. when I'm running and everything like that so like i'm really excited for the xfl man i've been putting in work for two years to get prepared for this ever since the first xfl yeah and um you know it's been a long road bro and like i try to tell people man i don't have motivation dog i just i just like you can't have motivation in this game because that's fleeting yeah because you know what i mean like i'm just i'm just going after it every day like even the days i hate it you know i go in there and get it done yeah. and then if it's like i really hate it that day i'll just stop you know, I won't be hard on myself. Yeah. And I'll say, you know what? Tomorrow, if I'm allowed tomorrow, I'm going to go put it on and I'm going to go get it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I understand rest now. Like, I used to just be like, go, go, go. And now I recognize, like, bro, you're getting a little older. So, like, let's be smart with how we're training. Let's not just kill ourselves throwing up that type of workout and things like that. Let's be efficient and let's get what we need to get out of the day. Yeah. And uh, that's really helped me in my process, man. And it's really been paying off. Um, it's really been paying off with uh what, what I've been having going on. That's awesome. And I'm really excited for that, bro. I'm really excited for that. And if it doesn't, and if it doesn't, you know, pan out like I'm supposed to, you know, you get the L out of that. The lesson. What's the lesson? Well, I got the lesson. I'm already moving in another direction, in which I still can stay around the game, and still help others. You know what I mean? And still feel like I'm part of something bigger than me. So you know, like that's part of it too. Like even during this time, like I'm staying in shape, staying healthy. Cause we all need to stay in shape. We all need to stay healthy. Even though I'm playing football, you know, even when football is over, I want to stay healthy. I want to stay in shape, you know? So like, it's a mindset, it's a discipline. Yeah. And I think that's the lesson that I've learned out of it. Like, regardless if I had football and I would still be doing what I'm doing to, uh, to, uh, you know, just be the best me, I guess you can say. That's amazing, man. There's, I have no doubt that, you know, whether you're successful in the XFL or performance coaching, what have, whatever it is, you're going to be very successful. Um, my last question is, you've had a lot of great success on the field, off the field. How much do you attribute your success to hard work versus luck? Um, Man, you know the old saying, CEO, uh, um, opportunity is when a uh, hard uh, a preparation meets uh, meets a little luck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, uh, I feel like um, 
I think I said that wrong. I think luck is preparation with opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, that's what I meant. But what I mean is by that is like, you know, I think the work, you know what I mean, put me in position. Mm-hmm. And then I was lucky to be in those positions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was, I, 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 I lucked up because of the situation. Like people don't realize how many dudes are really putting that work in. Mm-hmm. but just never got the opportunity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the thing is, if they understand that just the hard, it, it, what people don't realize about hard work is that if you love something, it's not really hard work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it just comes with what you do. Yeah. And I think, and I think, and you know, like, you know, I, you know, I, you know, like I ain't trying to go all into the spiritual side, but like, you know, I've always believed that like, you know, the highest power has always pushed me in a way because of the fact that um, the way the way the highest power was was looking at me was like this guy he won't give up. Yeah, he's going at it. You know what I mean? I done gave him a hundred million different scenarios. Like, hang it up, bro. Yeah, we're not doing this. You know what I mean? But like, I was like, you know what? It still beats my heart daily. It's still it's still mm-hmm. daily. It's in my head daily. Like. I, I just can't, I just can't let it go. You know what I mean? So I just put the work in. Yeah. And like, like, like you saying, right? Me hard work and opportunity. That's luck. Like, that's what happened. Like, my hard work and opportunity, my hard work that I've been doing. I had an opportunity to go do a showcase from the XFL, and those guys were like, "You look good. We're going. We might be in touch." So I'm like, "Yeah." That's all I can ask for. You know what I mean? I had an opportunity. Yeah. I put the hard work in. I might be lucky, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the formula that equals it. So I just think that it's a little bit of both, man. It's the hard work and just the luck. Needs to be ready, man. Amen. Well, TP, man, it's been a pleasure, man. You are, you are, I've only known you for probably like a couple years now, like personally, but you're like one of the, one of the great great people i know like down to earth overall great human being and definitely have a fan in me regardless of what you do whether it be professional sports or sports performance man like i'll always be rooting for you man it's been an an awesome conversation uh an opportunity to be able to chat with you today most definitely bro i appreciate you for having me on here you know we connected through uh, we connected through other reasons you know what i mean so that's we always gonna be good boys man you know what i mean bro (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's love. I can't wait to see you again. Cause like you said, you down to earth too, bro. We we hit it off first time we ever met. You know what I mean? And you know that's just. I mean, I can see that's who you are. You a genuine dude, man. I'm. You know, I I try to pride myself on, bro. Like I'm not trying to be. I don't I don't, I don't believe in stunting on people and doing that type of. That's not the type of person I am. Cause I know I done came from the bottom. Like I come from from tough situations, but like. So when I see people like you know man genuine good people dog I, I I'm 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 pulled towards that too and I think that's why we pull towards each other you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I appreciate you for having me on here bro um it's been a pleasure bro for real for real and uh can't wait to see you again Brody and can't wait to see uh more of what you got going on man Yes sir I appreciate it man you have a great rest of your day You too bro holla at me all right Yes sir All right man peace Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Paragon Podcast. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, 
Overcast, and all of your other major podcasting platforms. Also, if you haven't followed us on Instagram, you can find us at Paragon underscore Physios if you want to learn more about our field of physical therapy in the eyes of students and also just learn more about health and wellness. And once again, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Paragon Podcast.